Hello. Hey, Steve. Hey, Bob. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, finished up Labor Day weekend. How was your weekend? I had a good Labor Day weekend. I uh, went to Jared Connell's wedding with Vecito. Had a great time hanging out with him, catching up. And then uh, Nick and I capped off Monday with a 7 a.m. draft to, you know, meet the needs of somebody in Singapore. So, pretty good weekend. Long weekend with the kids and whatnot, but good overall. How was yours? It was pretty good. Uh, nothing too excited. Kind of got into the football thing, uh, swing of things with uh, college football. I'm a huge college football fan. Um, really, really pumped up. We were all pumped up for this Notre Dame-Texas game on Saturday night. Uh, down here, they just talk football, college football year-round. I mean, they analyze practices. They analyze, you know, the recruiting classes. Talk about it year-round. Everybody was pumped up for this game, and Notre Dame went in and just smacked Texas around like you wouldn't believe. It was 38-3 to the final, but it could have been 51-3. to uh, It was just a demolishing. They controlled every single aspect of the game. Our quarterback is terrible. People are going to be freaking out about that. He was supposed to be so much improved this year. He, he looked awful. I think at halftime he was one for seven for 20 yards passing. Uh, it was just, it was just awful. Uh, it's going to be another long year in Austin for the Longhorns. And then, uh, routes in the, the opening weekend of college football, I saw one team put up like 76 on somebody. Pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad Texas went out and played a real game, uh, the first weekend. It would have been a huge win if they could have pulled it off to go into South Bend. But, uh, I'm, I'm glad they played a real game, but, um, yeah, some of these games are, are jokes. But uh, it was good to get back in the swing of things. And then the big news around here was Friday night there was a football game between a San Antonio school and a school in Marble Falls, which is just outside Austin. Uh, and these two kids on the San Antonio school on the last play of the game completely just bulldozed uh, the umpire, just hit him from behind. He went down to the ground. It was blatant. Uh, they're not sure what what happened. They thought they were mad at a bad call. Uh, the video is all over the internet. It's just one of the worst things I've seen in sports in a long time. Uh, I, I gotta think these kids are never gonna put on the football uniform again. Suspended from school, and uh, I, I just wonder if the coach was involved at all because there's two players who somehow they had a scheme either in the huddle or the coach called it in. So it should be interesting. Uh, to see what comes out of this. I don't know. Did you see the video or read the article? I haven't seen the video. I, I've read the article a little bit, but uh, let's just hope that Roger Goodell does not handle this investigation. Yeah, yeah. And if there's ever uh, uh, some reason to validate a Roger Goodell way harsh uh, suspension or penalty or fine, <laughs> this might actually be the, the case. I mean, it, it was Oh, it's, that's it's assault. Awful. I mean, those kids need to go to jail. I mean, they need to yeah. turn yeah. out yeah. the swimmer. Yeah, there is talk of prosecution. They're waiting to see what what it was all about. But uh, it's not going to end well for those kids, I don't think. So let's, uh, right. let's turn our attention towards, uh, you know, a big week for the YFFL. We are closing in on week one, but we had our you know, one of the highlights of the year with our draft this past Thursday night. Um, exciting night. 
you know, we weren't quite sure what some teams were going to do going into it. And, you know, we had some play, some guys make some big moves, you know, a lot of trades. And then, we, you know, we had a few guys dropping for lower than we thought they'd go. Um, what did you think of the draft? How did you do? I wasn't particularly crazy about my draft. I went, I went with a different strategy this year. I took a lot more veterans and some of these rookies and tired of these Terrence West take rookies taken at the end of the first, early second. They just don't pan out for me. Um, so I, I went with a different strategy, but I, I felt like in general, I felt like we were all looking at the same draft board. I don't know if that's because there's mock drafts or what, but I was like, who, I was going through it right before the person picked. I was like, here, who, who they're going to take? And I was almost right on every pick. I mean, um, when Bry got to that, um, that seven pick, I was like, this is a tough call right here. He's going to take. And then, you know, a minute later, it was a trade. Kevin moved up to get that pick. So I, I felt like I was dead on with every pick. Um, I was primed in on Matt Jones uh, with the beans at the first pick of the second round, and sure enough, second time uh, in a row, uh, I guess the guy went right before me. Last year was Blake Bortles. I was primed to take him with the beans in the second round. Nick and the chicken swooped in. This year it was Gibby. I should have known with him being right there in Redskin land that he'd take Matt Jones. So um, that was that was a big blow to me, but. I felt all right. Um, you know, Mariota, I think he'll get the job done. I was really looking to trade down. It just really didn't make any sense for anyone to trade up with me. So uh, I stood pat and took Mariota, and, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, but you, you were in a uh, really peculiar situation with four, five, and six. You went Gordon, Anderson, and then you took... The Lions running back Abdullah with the Mallards. Tell what were you thinking with those three? You didn't, you didn't pick them right away, so there was definitely some thought going into it. Well, what were you thinking? Yeah, well, I, uh, well, you know, as you know, right before I ate a walnut by accident and was going through a little allergic reaction, and then the beer I had with John wasn't really helping things. You guys could see me turning redder and redder in the background there. But uh, basically, once Amari Cooper came off the board. I mean, I'd, I'd spent weeks just positive I was going to be drafting Amari Cooper. When I did not get him, I was just thrown for a loop. So I had to just, you know, sit there and look at things. And I just don't trust C.J. Anderson. And I was just trying to figure out how I was going to assemble the three picks right there. And, you know, so I took Melvin Gordon, which I should be way more excited about, you know, one of the most dynamic college running backs of all time, but he's shown nothing in the preseason. I grabbed him. Monty Ball, does, does Monty Ball worry you at all? Could he be another Monty Ball out of Wisconsin? Oh, it's, it's you know, it's the exact thought process right here. Another Wisconsin back. You know, I, you know, I watched, I watched a little tape on him. I watched a little tape on all the guys, but, you know, I also get caught up on my gangster rap that they, you know, string together with their highlights. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, so I took Gordon, and then I was trying to decide between Aguilar and Anderson. And, you know, this Merriman just had zero running backs pretty much going into it, just Ellington. So I hand was kind of forced, but I took Anderson because I didn't want to have three Lions starting on the Merriman. Mm-hmm. And then once again with the Mallards, you know, I, I liked Abdul. I really liked him, but I really wanted Aguilar. But I just, I ultimately decided, you know, I needed another running back there as well. 
with spill and really, you know, is not able to stay healthy. So that's why I went, you know, four, five, six like that. I did have an offer from Kurt to, you know, trade down to the 11 and pick up a first rounder, but I didn't, he wasn't telling me who he was gunning for until after, and then told me it was Anderson. So I planned on trading with him because we were still kind of in play to make the move when he got to 11 because I still like some guys, but he became swooping in on his way to winning the draft with the Llamas. Yeah. That just came out and crushed the night. Cooper, you know, my favorite player in the draft. You know, once the buddies passed on Winston, which was surprising, he swooped yeah. in on him. And then Matt Jones, which I I warned him in the second round badly, but just kind of knew he wasn't getting past you or Gibby at the 16-17. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe Mike uh, did not take Winston at 10 overall. He, I mean, his philosophy, I mean, it's best player available no matter what. Winston was, I had him as my highest ranked guy still available at that pick. Uh, he's got Peyton Manning, who may, probably won't, we'll talk about this in future podcasts, but probably won't end the season with the buddies. Um, Winston would have been the heir to the throne there. I couldn't believe uh, he didn't take them, and uh, the Llamas were the benefactors of that. Yeah, Llamas, Llamas just owned the night, and, you know, Kevin had a great draft too, especially going in with no first rounder, and then to pull off that deal with the brothers, I was very impressed, because I felt like you know, there's some, probably some better younger receivers or guys in better situations than Marshall. And, you know, Bry got him to, to pull the trigger there. And, you know, he walks with Parker and David Johnson, who, you know, he might be he might be something, but he might not. And yeah. he's got Brandon and Josh Robinson at the end. And I really like those two picks to, to fill out that draft right there. Yeah, Kevin did his homework. He had that. He had that. He was eyeing that seven pick before the draft. Uh, I thought he was going to go Aguilar. Uh, he went to Vontae Parker, which we'll have to see if that that works out or not. But uh, I thought he was going to go Aguilar. Um, yeah, well, Aguilar is also a scary player. Like great situation, but these USC receivers just don't pan out. Mike Williams, right. Marquis Lee, Robert Woods. I mean, one of them is sort of bad situations, but. It seems like they never pan out. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll have to see. Um, and just real quick, in the second round, um, the receiver I loved, we both knew this, was Tyler Lockett. Uh, and I didn't end up taking him with that 20th pick overall, so how crazy is that? I don't know. But uh, I really like Jalen Strong uh, at the Texans. I think he's going to be a touchdown machine. Uh, I saw him play two or three preseason games, and he was just looking like a – four or five year vet. He'll start opposite of DeAndre Hopkins. I could not pass him up. I was hoping Lockett would make it to me uh, with a 13th pick in the second round. You took him two picks later, and I don't blame you at all. He's electric, dynamic. He's He could be Antonio Brown. I think that's, I think he'll probably be Deshaun Jackson. Uh, he's going to be a great player. Um, I, was, I really like Bry at the Brothers taking time on Dummery. Um, I can't believe he fell that far. I was thinking about taking him with the first pick in the second round. I just didn't know where he would be with the Packers in the long run. But uh, I yeah. think he's going to pay dividends this year uh, with Aaron Rodgers playing in the slot. So I, there's a lot of guys in the second round. That, um, well, you come, to come back to really Jalen Strong for a minute, Jalen Strong looks like a young Antoine Bolden. Like, even when he's covered, 
he catches it. Like, he just he always comes down with it. And I was keyed in on him, thinking you would take him Lockett, and I was ready to get strong. And then, you know, he did the opposite. And I think Tyler Lockett's the next Randall Cobb. So I'm very excited. Yeah. Um, a couple guys had some disappointing drafts in my eyes. Like, you know, I said orangutans and dragons. I'm not, I'm not really thrilled with, with what they did. Um, Jordan Reed was stiff. A little surprised. You know, you could have got him on another round later. And then the dragons went with, uh, you know, Doyle Green Beckham. You know, monster upside, but 10 cent head. So, should be very interesting to see what happens with, uh, with how those two drafts go, especially since those are veteran-laden teams kind of ready to, you know, continue winning now. So they're calling out John Early, the defending champ. We'll see. We'll see how, uh... So the one thing I, mean, I did like he made was Marvin Jones. If they get him back, even though he switched teams, that was a, that was a very... I knew he was going to take him through. I was just sitting there, you know, I was looking through his list. And I was like, yeah, Marvin Jones. And then we both took we both took back of quarterbacks in the fourth round. I took Brock Eisweiler. I think uh, I think this is Peyton's last year. I just I don't know. I think he's uh, I think he's going to be really exposed this year. So and Brock is looks awesome. I guess they're really ready for him to take over. So I I, I took him there in the fourth round. And you took Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, why why did you take Jimmy? I pretty much just needed. Uh... I'm sick of Justin Hunter, so I cut him loose, and, you know, I think Brady's going to be around a while, but you just never know. These guys are going to play away, Garoppolo looked sharp in the preseason, and actually, I'm just looking at my, uh, my draft right now, Caleb Sturgis, who I took in the third round, apparently got cut by the Dolphins yesterday, so I've already got a looking for a kicker. This kicker thing is outrageous this year. How come all these good... Decent kickers are getting cut, and these no-name guys are kicking for the Saints, the Dolphins, the Buccaneers. Just, I mean, no-name guys. I can't. I just can't believe it. Yeah, I mean, I took Sturgis being like, you know, the Dolphins are going to have a good offense. He's like number ranked number eleven on all the lists. You know, I grabbed him. And then I was just doing the draft with Nick this morning, trying to pick a kicker, and I see a you know a little note beside him. I click it, and the guy's cut. Connor Barth too. Connor Barth got cut. He's been a really good kicker. He he, he kicked for the Broncos last year. He was kid, and the Seattle took him in the third round. The uh, let's see about the fifth kicker, sixth kicker overall. Yeah. He's going to be on the waiver wire this week. Whatever new kicker. Another guy struggling is uh, one of the chickens picked up is Blair Walsh. You know, long time now. Oh, he, boy, he can't make a kick this preseason. Just oh, yeah. What do you think of the yeah. chickens draft? Uh, let me see what they got here. Uh, Philidor said, not bad there. I, um, I was all um, over pick if he hadn't touched them. So, I like Yeah, he made that pick quick. Um, I was thinking about trading up to that spot, and then I looked at my roster and realized I have no talent to trade. So, I <laughs> mixed that pretty quick. But, um, yeah, yeah Nick's like a lot of talent in turn. So. Yeah, uh, that would have never happened. Nick, I mean, Nick picked in about five seconds. I don't even think... Uh, James Winston, John didn't have a chance to even write Winston out before Nick had his pick in, but, uh, so if that should work out well, and, you know, Max Williams, um, eh, you know, he'll be okay, I guess. And, uh, then he went Jeremy Langford, I, I think he's out of the league in three years, and Blair Walsh, obviously, he just needed a kicker, so, um, Nick, the draft's 
all right. He hasn't really done a great job replacing some of the veterans on his team, but he's drafted 14, 15, 16 every year, so he can't, he can't really fault them. Oh, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to, you know, handle those late draft spots year after year and make your team better. You know, you got to really either just hit a home run, one pick here and there, or, you know, someone on the waiver wire. Uh, you know, we'll wind up this, we'll wind this draft up down in a second here, but, uh, I want to point out Tyrod Taylor to Eaters. I like that pick. Um, I think he's going to be a pretty decent, you know, backup quarterback this year. Yeah, I was, I needed, I need, I still need a backup for Andrew Luck. I was eyeing Tyrod Taylor. I just, you just never know, because uh, E.C. Emanuel is playing pretty well too, so they could have a quick, quick, uh, short leash. Leash on Taylor and Andrew Luck's buy is the tenth week, so I'm thinking, who's that? Who knows who's going to be starting in week ten? So I ended up not taking him back up, but uh, yeah, Tyrod Taylor, I could see him running for a touchdown, throwing for a touchdown uh, every week. It might not be that bad. Yeah. So another draft in the books, like I said to John. Um, you know, as we're getting towards the end, I was like, well, you know, about. 80% of these guys are going to be stiff. And then looking at the list of guys left still, you know, you know, on the draft boards, they're like, we're going to be fighting over these scraps like cats and dogs in a few weeks. And yeah. get to the waivers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, bring this around to, you know, let's, uh, let's talk about what we got for some of our thoughts that are going to happen this upcoming season. Um, yeah. Who do you like in the AFC East? Who you got this year? Wow, I mean, it's it's really it's gonna be really hard to bet against the llamas. Um, uh, I, I I think they're gonna have an outstanding year. It's amazing a team could go in. You know, obviously I'm driving the hype train, but to be that hype, and then on top of that, go out and just dominate the draft. It's just you know they got they got to win that division. You know, Kings have got something to say about it, but llamas. Yeah, I got the llamas. I think they'll probably go nine and four, maybe ten and three. I love their wide receivers: Devontae Adams, Jordan Matthews, Jarvis Landry, Amari Cooper. Uh, that's any four of those guys could could start on week one. Uh, of course, he's got the running backs. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's only is he for two games or oh, just one? Uh, two games. It was three, down to two. Yeah, but that's that's just gonna keep him fresh. He's a little thinner than we thought at running back with Joseph Randall really not pulling away from the back other guys in the Dallas backfield, but he's still got Le'Veon Bell and Demarco Murray, so he'll be fine. Um, and then he can go run and shoot on bye weeks. Uh, the court it will probably come down to the quarterback uh, Bridgewater and Winston. Uh, do you trust them in the, in the playoffs? What do you think? Uh. I, you know, Bridgewater, I think, is going to get him his two touchdowns every week. You know, get him a six here and there, maybe 18. You're not going to see, you know, 20-plus points a week. But, you know, he'll be he'll be steady. He'll be a steady hand out there every week. And if he starts to falter, Winston Winston's going to have a great rookie year. He's going to be terrible NFL-wise. He's going to lose a lot of games. He's going to throw a ton of picks. But all those picks are, or all those turnovers are going to turn into touchdowns for the other team. Which is going to lead to blowouts, which is going to lead to garbage time. And Winston's yeah. in Winston's isn't going to deep in garbage time. 
Yeah, Winston could be your starter by, you know, week seven or eight. Someone's got to throw you Mike Evans' touchdown passes, so I wouldn't right. be surprised to see Winston in there come playoff time. Um, what about the refugees? Are they going to finish, what is it, six and seven or seven and six? I can't, I can't remember what the running joke is. Oh, seven and six is their contractual obligation to win seven games of the year. I don't, I don't think they can do it unless Colin Kaepernick somehow finds that magic that he had a couple of years ago. Well, I asked Anthony in the draft, he said Fitzpatrick's his man this year. Oh, he's going with Fitzpatrick. He's going with Fitzpatrick. He'll be good for a few weeks, and then he'll fizzle out the way he usually does. Yeah. What yeah. the Michael does. But, you know, he's he's definitely been a running back. With Garrett Bourne, he's struggled this year. Jonas Craig just got cut. Chris Ivory, he's, he's a decent player, but he never seems to get the opportunity. And then, oddly enough, I know nothing about Rashad Jennings. Chris Johnson's a stiff. Duke Johnson's good, but he's been banged up the entire training camp. Concussion, hamstring. So, yeah, that. He's got some great tight ends. He's got, he's oh, got the two best, two of the three best tight ends in the league on, on the same team. That's incredible. Well, I'd, I'd love to get Gronkowski off him, but he'll never trade that guy. Yeah. But yeah, he's got uh, I, think seven, I think that's a seven and six team, maybe with the quarterback being the question mark. But uh, I think he can get to seven and six. That's a that's a lot of wins to get when you get the. And you got the llamas and the orangutans beating up on everybody. Yeah, he he's he he somehow finds a way. I just I, I, oh, I he think does. he can get there. I think he can get there. I'll, I'll put my money on the refugees somehow get to seven six. I don't know how, but they always do. I think the truth is. I'll say they get to five at best, but I I think they're a four win team right now. But you know, don't. Oh, Maybe he lands in a good situation and, and you get some production there, but I don't know. I think I think he's got some tough. I think he's got some tough games. I think it's a seven win to be tough. Yeah. Let's move it over to the uh, AFC West. Who are you liking over there? Uh, Panthers say it. I'd, I'd really like the Mariners to win win this division. I think it'll be tight. I just I think they get to eight and five and. You know, win the division. The Thugs just really aren't that strong this year. They they made a, a lot of we made a lot of moves last year. You know, the first round draft pick. We we took in a lot of veterans. I didn't. I don't have a lot of youth. And I think I'm gonna be running on fumes. I think I'll get off to a decent start, but I think I'm really second half of the season. I'll be on fumes. Um, so I don't even know if I'll win six or seven games. Maybe six. Probably five. Oh. Andrew Luck. Uh, that's okay. Andrew Luck automatically gives you six wins. <laughs> it's automatic. It's the same thing with Peyton Manning years ago, and what Aaron Rodgers would do for the Dragons if they didn't have much else around them. Yeah. You're um, that's going to get two hundred points. You're going to get six wins. So yeah, you just got to find a way to figure out how to win two more to get to eight and sneak in the playoffs. Yeah, that's the problem. I, I just, I mean, I get. Maybe I get it. You know, if Aaron Foster comes back and runs hard, I'm definitely going to deal him to a contender, uh, get something for him. But other than that, I really, I mean, I, I can't. Sammy Watkins will, will stay for a while, but other than that, my roster is 
Buddy's going to be in the same boat. Buddy's going to have Peyton Manning going out there. I mean, I think he's going to tail off a lot more, but he's still going to win them some games, and I, he should still probably end up in the in the lottery playoffs, kind of coming for that number one pick. But it's going to be a close for him. Yeah, I think so. And then so that leaves the Apple Eaters as your probably your biggest competition in the division. Uh, uh, does he go with Philip Rivers? Does he go with Foles? Kurt uh, you go, you go yeah, you don't you don't start a St. Louis Rams at quarterback and the watch yeah. now. Yeah, I think the Merriman should probably win it, but you know, the Eaters are going to be right there with them pushing them. But to come back yeah. to the Thugs for one thing, if the Thugs can, I mean, they're probably not going to make the playoffs, but if they can sneak into that bottom six for these new. You know, number one seed playoffs, even luck could carry you to that that title easily. So I mean, he's. I mean, I was. We talked about this last week. He's sixteen to thirty, really points a week. I mean, he can he can easily do that. Um, and now with more, all these weapons, I, I, I'm really excited for him this year. So uh, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, the rest. Of my, I'm starting D'Angelo Williams week one. I mean. It's, it's going to be uh, just filling in, you know, anybody that has a pulse, really. Um, yeah. So. All right. Because we'll the Merriman and Llamas as uh, your division winners, who's going to be your wild card? You got the Eaters, you got the Refugees, you got the Tangs? Um, I. That's a tough. It's either the, the Eaters or Rangatang. It's going to come down to week 13. Um, I'm going to go with the Eaters. I'm going to go with the Eaters. Well, I think... I just say the Tangs. I just... I mean, that Romo to Dez combination is going to just be deadly, but uh, I just... I I think the Cowboys are going to have a letdown this year. I really do. I, I think they're going to miss DeMarco Murray and just implode without him, so... Uh, I'll go with the Eaters. I'm going to go with the Tangs for a similar reason you just said, but that, you know, that Romo to Dez, the Dan Bailey combo... But uh, I think Buffalo's going to be throwing even more this year due to the lack of a running game, and he's healthy enough yeah. for the first time in years. Yeah. So there's your three playoff teams. Who you who's who you got coming out of the AFC? Um. Oof. Uh, I think I think the Llamas grab the bye, and then I think I will take in a matchup that you know Llamas Merriman, great rivalry. I will take the llamas. I'm gonna take the llamas too. I just can't see. I can't see anyone getting in their way other than they catch the tangs on a, you know, high scoring playoff weekend or something. But moving on to the end, you got the depth at running back though. So and John Brown is gonna be a stud. I think he's gonna be a great receiver. So he's, I, you might be there. I'm, I get some confidence in my team after that draft. I think if I can hit on two of those three, you know, first round running backs, I can be, I could be a contender. But long ways to go. Stafford has to bounce back for sure too for me to, yep. even think about making the playoffs. Moving on to the NFC, who do you like in the East? I I, I gotta give it to you. I like the Mallards. I I think they got a uh, Jeremy Hill really just. Change their franchise. And, uh, without him on your roster, he, your roster is probably average. 
with him in there, it's above average, and I got the I got the Mallards coming out of the AFC, uh, NFC East. Yeah, I think the I think the Mallards have come out of the East, so the Dragons are going to be right there. You know, John, he's he's got some times we get up there in years and run on fumes, but you know, Gore landed in a great situation. Forte still Forte, and Aaron Rodgers, you know, that's, that that two hundred point quarterback just makes all the difference. So I don't. How many straight weeks, excluding buys, has Matt Forte and Frank Gore been John starting backfield? It's got to date back like eight years now. I mean, God. Yeah, I would get Forte in like oh eight probably. So it's been a while. Yeah. It's yeah. been a while. Yeah, I'm, I just don't think the Dragons are going to have as easy as last year when they at one point won what like twelve straight games or something. They're twelve and one and. You know, I think yeah. he was supposed to allow in the league. Some crazy, they did some crazy stuff last year. So it's, I don't think it's going to be as easy for them. White guys, I I think Bradford's going to definitely keep him in some games and Peterson. But I don't know if they get enough at the wideout spot. They probably should have looked a little harder at Cooper. Um, but, you know, I, you know they'll, they'll win five games. Maybe they can pull, maybe something happens. They get a good waiver move and they win some more. The boys, the boys don't have a bad team, but I don't think they're gonna score fewer points than they allow, like last year, and somehow make the playoffs again, and then buy it all over the Super Bowl. That was a great story, though. Loved rooting for them the whole way, and the yeah. and everything. That was one of the best YFL stories in like the last five years. Yeah, that was incredible. Uh... He really maneuvered. I think, you know, I think he's probably settled in with Eli Manning being the starter now. But last year, I, for a while, I, you know, I remember in the power ranking, um, Chris, uh, you picked the wrong quarterback for the fifth week in a row. And I think last year he kind of got it right somehow, and um, that, that propelled him to the playoffs. This year, I think he's probably going to lean Eli Manning. I think Andy Dolan's kind of peaked and is probably regressing at this point. Uh, who's he start at quarterback? Who do you think? I think he's going to go with Manning. Yeah, I think Dalton, Dalton's got a ton of weapons, but I think with Jeremy Hill being the centerpiece there now, I think he's going to be more of a game manager than the guy they're going to put on to win it. And it's it's got to get in your head at some point, you know, all these playoff struggles and stuff. I mean, I know these guys are some serious alpha males out there playing QB in the NFL, but it's got to get in your head a little bit when you're – going out there and struggling, and I think it's going to translate to the regular season this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we got the NFC West and our, you know, we got the Chickens, the Brothers. Who you got? This is the toughest division. I, I, I think it's pretty much wide open. I think the Chickens are going to come way back this year. Um, I think 7-6 and six might win this division. I think, uh, wow, that's Wow, that's a bold statement. I love the bold statement, though. Love it. Yeah, I, I do. I know the chickens still look the best on paper, but uh, these receivers, I mean, they're 40 years old. Anquan Bolden, Andre Johnson, Victor Cruz is coming off an injury. Brian Quick, I don't even know what team he's on. Uh, Marvin, Brian I, Quick is the one Rams receiver that did not get cut this uh, past offseason when I think seven others were. Well, that that doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, yeah. Has he ever done anything? Uh, he was having a great year last year until he, he dislocated his shoulder. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, he's got Marshawn, but Marshawn's the biggest wild card. He could retire at week six. LeSean McCoy, who knows what he'll do. And, you know, Drew Brees is probably going to come way back. I, I think the chicken. I'll, I'll pick the Chickens, win the division, seven and six. I'm going to go with the brothers. You know, I, I think the Chickens are definitely ready to come back. Though I think both teams are going to win a few more games than you. Um, you know, Nick will definitely do a good job of projecting an air of confidence about this team, but he's going to definitely be a little bit worried. And Lynch only came back. Beans, I am going to wreak havoc this year. The Beans, they're not by any means a playoff team, but I am going to get that team to to six wins and just, you watch. I That's, that's my goal. You guys break some upsets? The Beans yeah. are going to just be that team you don't want to play week 11, 12, or 13 because I'm going to yep. get another running back. I've got one of the best receiving cores in the league. Mariota will be, you know, 10 or 11 games experienced by then. I got some trading chips. I got some good kickers. Watch out, I'm telling you. You know, another team, well, I think the Huskers are going to cause some trouble here, right? I mean, Kevin's already convinced he's going 3-10, and 10, but... Oh. He's got a good QB. He's, if Latavius Murray's any good, he's got a good running back. He's got Randall Cobb. I mean, he's throwing a kicker. And that's sometimes that's all it takes in this league is a core of, like, three three guys and a kicker. And you can win nine, ten games and go all the way to the Super Bowl. I don't think the Huskers are going to the Super Bowl. You know, I still got the brothers coming out of it, but, you know, I think the Beans and Huskers are going to give the team fits. So I'll, I'll definitely yeah. – brothers win the division with eight wins. Well, the the brothers are cursed. Something's going to go wrong. I mean, they already lost Jordy Nelson. Something else is going to go wrong. The, the, the old manta, or the old, uh, you know, the season doesn't start until something terrible happens to the brothers. You know, that's that's one of my favorite power ranking lines in week two or week three. So, yeah. I don't know who it is. Maybe it's Eddie Lacy this year. Uh, who knows? Maybe it's Cutler. Maybe, I, hope, I hope it's not Odell Beckham. I love watching him play, but Something's going to happen to the brothers. I think they go 7-6. and six. The Chickens win on points. I got the Huskers and the Beans both at 6-7. and seven. I think it's going to be who's, a great who's wearing the Who's wearing the wild card? Um, I'll give it to the Dragons, 8-5. Who wins, who wins the conference? Um, I think we've got a great rivalry. I don't know how many years in the making now. The two expansion franchises, the Mallards and the Llamas, meeting for their both their first Super Bowl, right? And yeah, either one of you guys is one yeah. of those teams. Yeah, the Mallards have they've made it to a Super Bowl. I think the Llamas have made it to one too, but neither have won one. And I've definitely been thinking that for a couple months now. It can be Mallards Llamas for the Super Bowl. It just it seems like we're headed that way, just like the Huskers Mary Men way back in the day. Um, but I do think the NFC is going to whoop up on the AFC whenever those those league, those conferences meet with each other. The NFC has just got it all over the AFC this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's see. So, any teams that win 10 games? Do you think anybody wins 10 games? I think the Llamas have the best chance, but I'm going to say they go 9-4. and four. I don't think anybody gets 10 this year. I'm going to say... Two teams get the 10 wins. Um, wow. Not sure who. I just think it'll happen because it tends to happen. Uh, who, who's your MVP? Who's your league MVP? Oh, God, 
it won't be luck this year. I think he has the most points, but I don't think he gets the thugs for the playoffs. Um, I'm either leaning. I think Mount Ryan's going to have a big year. I could see Matt Ryan finishing third and fourth in points, but leading the Mallards to the NFC wildcard might be enough. Uh, it's coming from... How about a known quarterback? Give me a known quarterback. Jordan Matthews. Jordan Matthews, that's wow, I like that. Um, Jordan, I think he's going to score 13 or 14 TDs, YFFL TDs. I'm going to say Des Bryant. He's my TP. Who's your rookie? Who's your rookie of the year? Um, quarterback, it would be Mariota, non-quarterback. Um, geez, I, I, I can't pick Cooper. I just think the Raiders are going to really just do him a disservice. Um, I guess that leaves me Melvin. Uh, oh, here's one. Amir. No, I'm going to go Amir Abdullah. I'm, I'm going to go to Mark Cooper. I think... I think he's getting overlooked because of the Raiders thing. I think he, I think he has a 75 point season and, and steals it. I think Amir Abdullah is showing flashes. Of, he reminds me of Clinton Portis' rookie year where every game in the second half of the year is ripping off 67 yard TDs. It was incredible. I think Amir Abdullah, I think he'll get off to a slow start. I think Jake Bell and Theo Riddick go down with some injuries. Abdullah steps in and just crushes it. Um, but I'm interested to see what Gurley. I'm interested to see what Gurley does. I really hope he's a real deal. I, uh, it'd be it'd be too bad if he if he uh, that knee injury just set him back. So yeah, that, that that knee injury is probably what kept anyone from trading up to number one to to go get him. You know, if he'd been healthy, I think you would have plenty of takers. Yeah. So that's that's uh that's up our. Well, you didn't make uh, a, you didn't make a Super Bowl pick. Oh, for who's gonna win it? Yeah, you can curse yourself. I have Salamis. I mean, that's I think everyone knows where I stand on who's winning the Super Bowl. That's Salamis. They're pulling all the way. Uh-huh. It's, it's happened from the off season when everything went perfect for them, right through to crushing the draft. Like they're just a walk in my mind. Uh, I'm still worried about quarterback. I gotta see where Bridgewater, Winston are playing week 16. I gotta check to see where Matt Ryan. One of the biggest secrets about Matt Ryan is he's terrible on the road. Um, but yeah. if that week 16 is a home game in Atlanta. I really, I'm gonna pick the Mallards regardless. But, but um, I think I think it comes down to the quarterback, and I think Matt Ryan, Julio Jones are gonna have a great year. Atlanta is got Carolina at home. Carolina at home. Wow. Uh, I like that. I like that a lot. I like the Mallards over the Wampus. What if the Wampus go and get Big Ben, though? Big Ben's probably available. You know, they they, they get options. They still get more there's gonna be There's going to be a lot of trades this year. I think I think uh, people are hungry to win. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of trades. A lot of people have steps at one particular position. The refugees at tight end, they, they could trade Gronk or Kelsey and get... Roethlisberger, um, there's the Suns are going to be ready to deal if they're out of it early. Um, I got some veterans that might interest people. I think there's going to be a lot yeah, of trades. Chickens, 
the chicken embargo is going to get lifted, and it's going to be Marshawn Lynch. Um, it's going to be a great year for Chase. Oh, look forward to it. Looking forward to it. So we got week one coming up in just three days here. I mean, we're recording this on Monday night. Uh, Thursday night, the Pats kick it off with the Steelers. And we're going to be underway. Pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll have to talk about the week one outcomes next week. And uh, we should have a better picture of what, how the league's going to shake out. But usually... You know, it takes three or four or five weeks to really let things settle, but can't get too upset over week one victories. But yeah, well, the first season. couple of weeks are pretty exciting now that we've had to. I've had to move the you know the first week or two or two to being divisional games to help us get three games in without NFL bye weeks against our you know guys within your own division. So you know, the action gets kicked off right away. You know, you get Oscar's chicken week one. It doesn't get much better than that. That's a good one. Married Men Buddies. There's another one. You know, Mike's probably be coming out of the woodwork. Cake City. Yeah. Cake City. You you won and you win easily. But uh, yeah. So I mean, we've run a little long. I think we'd like to talk about Reef One a little more, but you know, we're probably about 40 minutes deep here, so we'll pick it up next week with Reef One Recap, and we'll look ahead to Week Two. All right, well, good luck to the Patriots on Thursday night. I hope they lose. They won't. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk again next week. All right, yeah, best of luck to everyone out there. I hope you have a a great season and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. All right. Take care. See you later.